Welcome to episode number 15 of Central Intelligence Cinema. This week, we've got a brand new Intel report for you, and hopefully the audio isn't too noticeable. We did have some internet issues, but we powered through. Anyway, take it away, Pierce. Beg your pardon, forgot to knock. Welcome to the CIC, initiating security clearance. My name is Napoleon Soto. Bond. James Bond. Ethan Hunt. Felix Leiter. Ilya Kuriaki. Identity confirmed. Welcome to Central Intelligence Cinema, a podcast dedicated to spy movies and secret agent pop culture. Your mission, should you decide to accept it. Remember, nothing ever goes according to plan. Tom, what do you think you're doing? Even the British end up, You expect me to talk? Yeah, baby! <laughs> Coming to you from an undisclosed location where they actually show movies on their original release dates... It's the Central Intelligence Cinema Podcast. I'm Jason Greenberg, and with me, as always, is Ben Esslinger. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Central Intelligence Cinema. Sorry for the delay, but we're back, giving you some fresh cut intel. Not fresh beats? Not not fresh meats. That's Luther. No fresh beats. Are we oh, dropping down the beats. fresh beats? Oh, no. <laughs> we have no fresh beats here. Oh. Well, not, not yet, anyway. Well, thank God. We won't have to make any borscht. We do have <laughs> we do have a new uh, banner on our Facebook page. We do. Which is and pretty it's, bright and shiny. It's pretty spiffy. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of that one, actually. We're I'm liking it. Anyway, should we get into the uh, all what's happening? Yep, let's do some intel. Yes. Looking for a new story? Impress me. Transmitting CIC Intel dossier. They'll print anything these days. All righty. Getting into some intel, uh, just for the record, although we may redact it later. Uh, today is uh, April 14th. It's Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to start off with something that seems somewhat promising, at least. Uh, I just saw the trailer for this. It's called Spy City. Um, it's a brand new six-part series that begins this week on AMC+, Plus, which stars Dominic Cooper, who has who was in the uh, Fleming TV miniseries. I don't know if you ever saw that. Mm -hmm. Although, I got to be honest, somebody brought that up on Facebook today. <laughs> and they just trashed it. Oh, I actually, no. I actually kind of enjoyed that series, but I mean, oh, a lot no. of people did not. A lot of Bond fans didn't. Maybe they were, you know, they felt like they didn't uh, capture the essence of Fleming. Or you know, somebody mentioned that they thought Dominic Cooper was a bad actor. I didn't. I, I actually thought it was kind of fun. I'm. I, I'm anyway. I don't know. He he's the best Howard Stark I can think of. <laughs> hey, there you go. I mean, yeah, he's he's good in Agent Carter. Um, he was in Preacher. Uh, he was fabulous in Preacher. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I'd I'd watch this if I didn't have to pay eight ninety nine a month to stream it. Yeah, that's the only bad part about it. Um, but he stars as Fielding Scott an English spy who is sent to Berlin in 1961 to sift out a traitor in the UK embassy or among the allies shortly before the construction of the Berlin wall. So it's kind of a, a historical thing, but yeah, um, yeah. 
which actually I'm, I'm all for, uh, like I I'm down for that. Yeah. So. And like, you know, uh, having watched the trailer myself, uh, there's a fight scene in a dirty bathroom. So, hey, you know, I'm you, always up for them dirty bathroom <laughs> fights. They're my every, favorite. Everybody knows Jason loves a fight in a bathroom to make him feel nice and icky. Hell yeah. <laughs> and there really is one in every spot. It's really not a spy movie unless there's a bathroom fight somewhere. Uh, you know, or there's yeah. one in Mission. There's one. There's at least one in Bond. There's one in Man from uh, Uncle. True Lies. True Lies. The I list mean, just goes on and on. It's I'm almost sure as much of a, a trope. <laughs> yeah, there is. Yeah, it's almost as much of a trope as a knock list, and we all know how much I like lists. So oh, list. <laughs> it just goes right into it. But uh, you know, it looks good. I'm kind of with you. I'm. I feel like if you want to launch a little app with your stuff on it. That's fine. Yeah. But some of us can't cut the cable tie. Yeah. There and keep so- the internet to watch these things. Yeah. It's like you, it's if I cut cable, then how would I? I'm really not sure at this point how I'd be able to watch live sports. Right. Reliably. I should mention, exactly. rel- I should mention reliably because sometimes trying to stream a game. On an app, I'm I am aware that you can stream live events on an app, right? But the results are sometimes good, and sometimes it looks like you're watching something that's been rendered down and rendered down and rendered down. It's just big giant pixels on a screen, it's, and you have no an, idea what's going on whatsoever. It's Temco Bowl soccer all of a sudden from Super yeah. NES or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it's funny. So you get like like Fox. Fox does it the right way. Mm-hmm. All right. FX, rather, I should say FX, not Fox, but FX and FXX. Mm-hmm. They'll play the stuff on a Sunday and then post it to Hulu and their own website site on Monday. Right. So okay. you have the option of watching the show on TV, or if you're not a TV person, you can stream it on the app. Mm-hmm. And I realized that the whole point is to get people to not be on the TV Right. And to be on the app because they're making money directly that way. But, you know, $8.99 seems like a tall order. It is for AMC Plus. I mean, I understand that they've got, you know, they've got this show. They've got The Walking Dead. uh, They've got a lot of movies or whatever. But still. And I just, you know, the other thing is, too. I mean, I probably should have looked into this. But I don't know if those movies, whatever movies they show on AMC Plus do they have commercials in it? Have they been edited for television? Right. Did they take all the curse words out? Like exactly. It, it's, it's like the equivalent I, of I, getting yeah. Hulu. Hulu at, at $7.99, you still have to deal with commercials. And right. I don't I don't pay the 13 bucks to not get commercials, but they're not invasive. They yeah. do them at the right place. When you watch movies, you don't get the commercials unless it's a really long movie, they'll hit one somewhere halfway through. Mm-hmm. But I feel like all AMC Plus is is just their normal programming that you can stream on a TV or on your phone, rather, which I could do right. through my cable also, by the way. Um, <laughs> so if, you're, if your goal is to not have to deal with Xfinity anymore, you're kind of going the wrong way. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I know that right now you can do like a seven-day thing, but that means I'm only going to get to see one of those things. Or we wait until it's done. We both Bro. get the seven-day trial. We watch the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, you know, and just binge it. Right. But uh, speaking of historical spy movies, you went and saw The Courier. So, yeah. So how was that? 
Uh, you know, it was a, it was a historical spy drama. So, you know, got what I went in there for. Yeah. Um, it, it actually takes place uh, around the same time, actually the exact same time as Spy City, although uh, not in Berlin. Um, but uh, it it details more or less the English recruiting um, a Russian GRU colonel named Oleg Penkovsky, who turns out uh, was like the biggest catch that the Western um, the Western uh, spy services were able to get out of Russia ever. I mean, he was feeding really? him full of, uh, he was feeding him information on how bad the missiles the Soviets actually had were, yeah. where they where they were going in Cuba. I mean, he was feeding him information all the way through the Cuban Missile Crisis, which is what allowed Kennedy to basically said, well, you can all go fuck yourselves. <laughs> we know you can't get here and we're just going to sit here and give you the finger. <laughs> so, um, so it kind of outlines how this, uh, he was basically, you know, he was recruited. They sent him into there. He made mm. contact with them. Uh, you know, according to Hollywood, they became friends, but it's Hollywood. So, yeah, well, maybe well, not even Hollywood, but it's, it's movies. Um, right. and you know, it kind of outlines that whole period of time when this was happening and what the events are without giving away too much, but solid acting from everybody in the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, Benedict Cumberbatch did an amazing job of not being Benedict Cumberbatch, which is always an accomplishment for him because sometimes it's hard for him to get out of his own way. He can get a little bit Cumberbatchy, yeah. You know, I can see you know, that. He, he sometimes he gets he's a little too smarty, smarty almost. Yeah, too Sherlocky is what I like yeah. to say. Yeah. Um, but he he came off as believable as being a businessman who was sort of in over his head. The lady that plays his wife, the actress who plays his wife. Um, she was just in that last season of Fargo. Um, okay. She was the the nurse that that was killing people. Spoiler alert that, for Fargo. Sorry, <laughs> is that a Rachel Brosnahan? No, no, that's Mrs. Maisel. Oh, okay, Rachel Brosnahan. Um, but yes, uh, she's in it too. Uh, she's the CIA, the CIA liaison, as it were. Mm. Uh, but the beauty of this movie is, if you look at the people that are in the film, there's about four people that you recognize, and everybody else is Russian or German looking or Russian looking or actually Russian. I mean, well, that they helps. did. Well, the thing, yeah, that's it. Good. Casting. Everybody in. Yes, exactly. Everybody in Russian Russia was Russian. They weren't people <laughs> that you go, Oh, that guy's not Russian. So you got yeah. kind of immersed into it because you, you felt like you were in Soviet Russia at that point. Because nobody was just out there like, you know, some sort of shining starlet that they polished down a little and put mm -hmm. a babushka around her head or anything like that. <laughs> um, so overall, very entertaining, well-paced, um, nice. you know, and educational on a certain level, certainly good for, you know, the younger folks that don't have any idea what that was all about. It's kind right. of a good intro into the whole Cuban Missile Crisis from the other end of it. But uh uh, again, not a large turnout at the theater. How many people uh, you'd say? Uh, well, including my wife and I, I would say maybe maybe 20 people total. Mm. Well, if it's still magically in the theaters in two weeks, I'm going to go. Cause, Absolutely. Because I'm, I'm, I got my second microchip and uh, <laughs> nicely done. I'm ready to rock real soon here. Yeah, I will tell you, it's not uh, was not available to watch at the local Alamo Draft House. Check out the Alamo Draft House, folks. You'll love it. Um, I'm not sure if it was one of those weird AMC theater deals. I know they made some weird deals with some of the studios, right? 
Um, so that could be what that was all about. So we ended up going and seeing it at AMC theater, which I don't know that just, uh, you see this gigantic theater and half of it's closed down because there's signs saying, please stay away and six feet apart. And right. Amen. Well, vibe. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yep. Uh, hopefully, hopefully I can catch it before it disappears for whatever that in between zone is where <laughs> you can't the- watch it anywhere. Well, I'm, I'm sure that one will probably end up on VOD within a week or two of it going out of the theaters. Yeah, yeah. And I would say, you know, if you can get in a VOD for eight to ten bucks, do it. Oh yeah, and if hell yeah. They they want thirty for it. Don't wait. Wait till it comes to Redbox <laughs> for a buck. So that kind of takes care of the good. Well, we've got one. I save one nugget of good news for the end because you gotta you gotta kick it, you gotta end it on a good note. But now yeah. we got to get into the shit, man. Which, of course, is delays. We've got more delays as usual. But the uh, the big news this past week is that the two big Tom Cruise vehicles have both moved, with uh, Top Gun Maverick taking the release date of November nineteenth from Mission Impossible Seven. Mission Impossible 7 moving to May 27th of 2022 Memorial Day weekend, which is A, absurd, and B, it's also absurd because it pits it directly against John Wick 4. For now. For now. But, I mean, you know, honestly, who knows? Who knows if any of these dates are going to stick for anything at this point? Yeah, I told you, I think the last uh, Intel report we did, People are going to start mm-hmm. backpedaling. Once people start going into theaters, they're going to be like, we want to pull this ahead now. And the well, theaters will be like, we can't. Yeah, exactly. Well, and the other thing is, is I'm kind of wondering if we're going to see even more delays now. Uh, the fact that, you know, I don't know if it's a Tom Cruise thing or if it's a Paramount thing that pushed everything. And if Paramount is because it sounds like so the story that I got all this from was in Deadline. And they sort of implied that Paramount was going to make some more moves. And so it's just sort of like, ugh. but that story also sort of implied that Black Widow's move was kind of the first mover that created this theatrical release log jam. Um, although I kind of think it's safe to say the pandemic did this. <laughs> For so, sure. Um, but, I don't know. Yeah. You know, from my standpoint, Top Gun is a summer movie. Mission Impossible is a holiday movie. Right. You yeah. know, I, I, and maybe that's just because of my programming because the original Top Gun came out in the summer. Right. But you don't play beach ball at Christmas. Nobody, or volleyball. Nobody <laughs> plays volleyball at Christmas. Even in Southern California, they don't. Right. right? So I, I don't know. But uh, it's well, so weird now how, how this is kind of dividing with the platforms that can stick it on their platform and the ones that don't have the ability to do that or won't commit to doing that. Right. Well, Paramount, Paramount could do it. They got Paramount plus now. Right. And does Paramount plus have a, you know, the way that Disney plus has the $30 get it same day as the release. I wonder if Paramount plus is going to implement something like that. If more delays happen, yeah, or, I don't, or if I don't they're know. just going to start doing simultaneous releases in both the theaters and on Paramount Plus, obviously on Paramount Plus it would be for thirty dollars, and then whatever right. you know, per person it is in the theaters. Um, my other thing that I'm wondering about now is: is this going to influence 
No Time to Die, which mm. I, I don't know. I mean, that's still set for September 30th in the UK and October 8th here in the States. I think that one's still going to fly. I really have a feeling because MGM has nowhere else to put it if they want to keep all the money to themselves. Well, and they're just they're just bleeding out money right now, paying right. paying interest on all those loans, all that debt that they're carrying right now. I just can't imagine they're going to want to hold out much longer. Mm-hmm. Like sure something selling some, out to somebody else. Something's going to release that movie. Yeah, I just I have a hard time believing that 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 one's going to move. I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter, a lot of prominent people on Twitter saying that, you know, it's probably going to move as well. But I mean, we'll see. I mean, COVID variants aside and all that. I mean, it's like, who who fucking knows? Yeah, you might as well try and predict the lottery numbers. You're going to have about as much success. Right. Oh, hey, you know. that reminds me. Speaking oh, of dear. lottery. You won the lottery? I did Why not. We- I oh. did not. Okay, well, technically I won 20 bucks in the lottery okay. because I found most recently at my local grocery store in an undisclosed location, I found the 007 scratch tickets. Sure. So that was kind of fun. That was my yeah. little fun moment of bond this week. <laughs> <laughs> I actually found those when I went grocery. Actually, I didn't even find them. My wife found them. I was busy like pushing the cart and she's like, Oh look. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I got one of those scratch tickets a few months back. I didn't win anything. Screw you, James Bond. Yeah. I bet you if I got the mission impossible one, I would have won. Oh, I broke even. <laughs> so. I only ever break even on scratch tickets. So I don't even know why I bother anymore. So as it stands now, Aside from the things that we've already mentioned, we are getting Black Widow on July 9th, supposedly, allegedly, um, and The King's Man on August 20th. So, and then, of course, No Time to Die on August 8th here in the States. So we'll see if those hold. Hopefully they do. I mean, I, I, I got to think at this point, Black Widow's going to hold because they're going to they're gonna simultaneous release yep. it. That's happening. And The King's Man is far enough down you know the the calendar that and it's way too close to my birthday for them to jack that one up man yeah that never happens they're gonna hear from me jerks well you know what the thing about kingsman is is it's just a new enough thing that there's not a huge amount of anticipation for it right right and it's not even a a sequel to kingsman it's a prequel right so it's a whole different ball game with that. So I, I feel like that one is a safe bet to still come out when it's supposed to come out because yeah. it's kind of a high dollar thing for them, but it's yeah. not a high profile one for them. Yeah. And a lot of people don't quite know what to make of it since it is a prequel and it's sort of the formation of the intelligence service. Right. And it's, and you know, you've got like half historical figure, like isn't Genghis Khan in it or something like that? Yeah, I don't remember. Or not, not Genghis Khan. Uh, uh, there's some other conqueror type, Mongolian conqueror type character in there. I forget what his name is, but they've, they've, you know, done that thing where they, they bring in actual historical characters into, right. into fiction. <laughs> so anyway, it's so far tangent from the other Kingsman movies that I don't think there's the same level of hype or like you said, anticipation. Yeah. So like I said, I think we'll see that one show up um, for what it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, in uh, Bond news, can't have an Intel report without some Bond news. So this was sort of a, a funny thing that, that happened this week that you actually kind of alerted me to. So um, in Bond news, Dan Jack recently filed for a trademark renewal of the electronic gaming rights to GoldenEye 007. And subsequently, NerdBot went with the story asking, kind of asking out loud whether this means they intend to finally do a remastered version of the Nintendo 64 classic. So that seemed really hopeful at first. Mm -hmm. Um, However, after a bit of chat with the fellows over at uh, MI6HQ over Twitter, (laughs) I was made, it was made known to me that um, in August of last year, MGM and Dan Jack had sent a cease and desist order to a fan base group that was trying to recreate the game and that this new trademark renewal is probably just Dan Jack simply covering their asses legally Mm -hmm. to help them finalize shutting down that project. So my hopes got kindled for a second, but uh, much like all my other hopes during this pandemic, this too was killed dead. (laughs) So two things I have to say about that. First of all, every time you say Dan Jack, it makes me think of that episode Wolf in the Fold from Star Trek, the original series with Red Jack. You know, <laughs> Red Jack, Red Jack, Red Jack! Dan Jack, Dan Jack, Dan Jack! Ask your, ask your grandfather, kids, because I'm one, and I wasn't even around then. So um, anyway, uh, and the other thing is, is I don't think anybody is screaming for a brand new version of GoldenEye. I think well. the... Like, I think, is it the charm of this game? The fact that it is the game that it is there, there, that might be, there might be some truth to that. I do know that on Twitter right now, I forget which Twitter account started it, but they're doing this whole like golden eye anniversary, like month long there's, and they're talking about the game okay. um, and a lot of people, there's a lot of love for that game on Twitter right now. Sure. I mean, I don't know. Now the problem is, is that us Bond fans, we kind of live in this bubble and we think we're much bigger than we really are. <laughs> and whether the large the population at large feels the same way that us Bond fans do about GoldenEye 007. And that really is going to determine whether or not there would be that much demand for a for a renewed or a or a you know a, an HD version the way that like Tony Hawk recently went. Right. Or, you know, a good example, I think, is uh, Halo Combat Evolved when they did the 10th anniversary version and they mm-hmm. upscaled all the graphics so you could play it on um, uh, 360 and then eventually on Xbox One. Right. And in fact, I'm going to be playing the whole thing again. Figuring by the time I get done, I'll finally get to play the new one when it shows up in November. Um, and I, I have not played the original. You, you, you can hit one of the buttons and change it back to the original graphics. Or the oh, upscale really? graphics, yeah. <laughs> but every so often, I'm like, "What did this look like?" Oh, well, that's ugly. So, see, I kind of wish because I just got the the upres Tony Hawk Pro Skater, right, for for my PS5, and that would be a fun option to have, is to like, you know, low res it just to see if there's difference or. <laughs> oh, it's it's night and day, but the the difference the the main reason I bring that up is it's the exact same game, right. It's and I mean if you've ever I don't know if you played the original Halo, but it's basically this. Long time ago. Step, 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 turn, step, 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 turn. (laughs) Yeah. Step, 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 turn, go around in a circle, down, step, step, step. I mean, it's totally a dungeon crawler. Mm -hmm. And 
it's made more palatable by the upscaled graphics, but it's still the same game. So if somebody, if you're talking about, you know, maybe GoldenEye getting people that actually look like they have faces rather than, you know, the master control program from Tron. Right. Then I could see that. Yeah. But a whole new version of the game, I think, would undermine what makes that game what it is. Right. And the fact, I mean, MGM and Dan Jack have already, you know, made their deal with IOI for that brand, brand new one. Right. The, uh, the project 007. So I, I'm pretty sure all their all their chips are on that one, I think. For the yeah. Time being. And, you know, if they were smart, they would include something in their multiplayer that <laughs> was like a, a that was like a golden eye type, you know, because yeah. like Halo, Halo's got Slayer and shoddy snipers and all that other thing. Maybe you just have a golden eye where, you know, you go in there and it's just walking down a tunnel, walking down a tunnel. Oh, crap. <laughs> Yeah, if they were smart, they they maybe that's their their end game is that if you hit like a certain level or you you unlock something and suddenly you can kind of like it simulates <laughs> it simulates Goldeneye all of a sudden. Wouldn't it be badass if like you remember the old days of the old Ataris where they'd bury another game inside the existing game? Yeah, like the, yeah. the fifty two hundred had a twenty six hundred version of Pitfall in the fifty two hundred <laughs> version of Pitfall. Like you open a door and all of a sudden, boom! You're in the old version from the the Nintendo while you're playing it. That, that would be, be amazing. Wouldn't it though? If if Project 007 had that and it suddenly opened up Goldeneye, that would be. <laughs> Fucking or, fantastic. Like your training grounds, you were just straight up Goldeneye whenever you, you know you had to get trained. <laughs> Excellent. Hey, we well, should be making video games. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh finally, also in bond related news, I, I promised we have one good note. We are gonna end on a good note here. Pop culture historian and a real deal James Bond scholar. I'm not gonna say any more regarding that term. <laughs> This guy is the real deal. Alan J. Porter, um, who, along with his wife and writing partner, Gillian J. Porter, just released their new book, The James Bond Lexicon, the unofficial guide to the world of 007 in movies, novels, and comics. And it is fucking cool. And let me tell you why. So I've been like looking at this thing for the past couple of days. It's, it's only just arrived at my house just a few days now. And... What's cool about it is it just how thorough it is. I mean, it is exhaustive. It's like an encyclopedia for James Bond. And you can look up different iterations of the same character. Like there's literally pages and pages and pages about James Bond himself and how he's portrayed in different books and comics and <laughs> movies and cartoons and fucking everything i mean this thing has got it all it's got and and it's got the indexing with which it references stuff is so cool because i found myself reading about uh like operations that took place or characters i didn't even know existed but in every single paragraph it's got like a little code and you take that code and you go to the front of the book and it tells you exactly where that came from and the thing is, is that the, the write-up on each of these characters or each of these uh, projects is 
thorough enough that it's interesting in sort of sparking my interest in maybe going and finding whatever book he's referencing. Okay. Go get that. It's like, it's suddenly that makes me want to go get that book and find out more. For instance, there's a whole slew of stuff on money penny, like way more than you could possibly imagine. I mean, it covers, obviously it covers like Lois Maxwell and it covers, you know, Naomi Harris's version of money penny, but it also covers comic book versions. It covers, there's a series of book books called the, uh, the money penny diaries. So there's all this. And while I was reading through that, like, I was like, that looks cool. Like maybe I can get this book, even if it's just, Mm -hmm. even if it's just like a Kindle version of it or something, just like pick it up real quick so I can, you know, read it or whatever. So, and it's got illustrations in it, some really great illustrations in it. Um, But it just, it's just really cool because you can literally just flip through it and find stuff that like, will kind of spark your interest in maybe something that you've never knew even existed that you can go seek out. And it's sort of like this sort of a gateway into entertainment, James Bond related that you didn't even know, you know, was there. So kind of cool. So I posted a picture of it on our Instagram page. Yeah. This book. And uh, I had a little chat with Mr. Porter, actually. I was kind of starstruck a little bit. I was like, oh my God, he's talking to me. Like the author is talking to me. And uh, there might be more to come between the CIC and Mr. Porter. Hmm. So interesting. So that, that could be a thing. I don't know yet, but uh, something to think about kids. Um, (laughs) Anyway, um, I highly recommend the book. It's awesome. You can get it on Amazon. Um, it's not that much. I, I I can't remember exactly what the price is, but it's it's for how big that book is. I mean, it's thick. It's probably like two or like two inches thick. It's and it's a big it's a big book and it's illustrated. Oh, and and it's if you're awesome. a Bond fan and you know you, you you're you have enough knowledge, but there's always those little gaps. It sounds like it's the perfect thing to be able to go. What is this or where am I remembering this from? Right, um, and you can just go in and, and use it to, to jog your memory. Which, uh, right, you know, and, I, I have cool. I have a number of Star Trek books that do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though I, I I like to pride myself on what I know, there are sometimes things that I can't remember or some minutia that I wasn't aware of that you know you can go pull out the, the Star Trek encyclopedia and go oh 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 well, and it's perfect for me or us. Simply because we're not the scholars. We are. No, we We, have talked about how unscholarly we are. We are so unscholarly. We are unscholarly as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's a, it's a good reference, uh, you know, book for, for us. So, or especially for me. (laughs) (laughs) So once again, the name of the book is James Bond lexicon. The Unofficial Guide to the World of 007 in Movies, Novels, and Comics. And it's by Alan J. Porter and Gillian J. Porter, his wife and long-term writing partner. So, uh, yeah, go get it on Amazon. It's it's really great, actually. But, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that pretty much wraps it up for us this, this go-around. Um, we've got lots of stuff coming, I promise. I really do promise. <laughs> uh, but finally, we are... Always, always, always looking for listener interaction to tell us uh, how you like the podcast or if you have some ideas 
We are taking a certain listener up on one of his ideas in the near future uh, on a movie review. So we yep. do listen and we will oblige. Um, but our email is uh, cicdeaddrop at gmail.com. Our Instagram is Central Intelligence Cinema spaced by uh, underscores. And our Twitter is at CIC SpyPod. Also, if you do enjoy the podcast, we would love it if you chose to help us out by giving us a glowing five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so that our show gets seen more often when people search for stuff like this. Any last thoughts, Jason? The sky is blue, not because the water reflects off of the molecules, but rather the fact that blue is the only color that comes through. Smart words from a smart man. Mm, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) on that that note, (laughs) with that, I'm Ben. And I'm Jason. And the CIC will return with more missions, more martinis, and more mayhem.